This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome once again to a new podcast here on BTSC Radio. It's called Have a Bad Week, and this is the debut episode. Now, you're probably wondering, Pad, why are you wishing the folks at Steeler Nation, all Steeler fans everywhere, to have ill fortune? No, I'm not wishing that. I am a yinzer. I am a part of Steeler Nation. I don't want any of us to have a bad week. We've had a great week. The Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills in week one. They're getting ready for their home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I am so jazzed for that. No, have a bad week is just a play on my initials. And what happened here is the folks at BTSC, the powers that be, namely David Schofield, editor and senior editor, Jeff Hartman said, hey, we need to take a look back at the week that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we need to do that every single week. And we've been doing that on the editorial side. Make sure you check out BTSC for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers editorial needs, great articles, everything you've ever wanted when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's their first, and it's breaking news. It's everything. Steelers. No, what they did, they're like, we need to put this on. And they made a mistake. They asked the most narcissistic writer that they have to go ahead and do this show and do the article. And that's me. So that's why I'm putting my name in the title. Yeah, that's, that's pretty narcissistic. I get it. I also saw this week on YouTube comments that I must love the sound of my voice. I actually don't. I guess I talk way too much and I get it. And I do apologize for that. Don't really have the ego that some people think I have. In fact, pretty insecure in life. So maybe that's why I'm so loud. I don't know. Maybe I'm like Chandler from Friends, not as cool as Matthew Perry, but maybe I'm that guy that just hides behind the funny when I'm in pain. I don't know. It's possible. But hey, you're not my shrink. I pay him way too much for that, so I'm not paying you for anything. So I'm here to try to entertain you, and that's what I'm going to try to do. So we're going to take a look back at the Pittsburgh Steelers week that was and check out everything that's going on in case you missed it, and go on the lighter side of it. Because that's me. I like the light side. So here we go. Let's go back to Sunday 1st, September 12th. Okay, the injury report comes out. There's a host of speculation and conspiracy theories when, 10 minutes after Buddy Johnson was added to the list, well, Robert Spillane's name was suddenly appearing there as not playing in the game. And Buddy Johnson was now getting a helmet in the opener in Buffalo. 
oh my gosh, people were going crazy on the BTSE Slack channel. They were going nuts saying, oh my gosh, do they not believe in Robert Spillane? What's going on? No, it was akin to the magic bullet conspiracy theory from JFK with Kevin Costner. Good movie, 1991. I like that. It was also a lot like that Seinfeld episode from 1992 when Keith Hernandez was accused of spitting on Kramer and Newman and the second spitter ended up being Roger McDowell, the relief pitcher for the New York Mets. Great episode, by the way. That's the uh, one that really got me onto Seinfeld. So, yeah, that's what was happening. All these conspiracy theories, it was absolutely nuts until we learned that Spilly had suffered a shin injury in pregame warmups. That's why there's a change in the status and crisis and controversy was averted at that point. That's what happens when you throw out a change. Everybody goes crazy. And that's what they did on Twitter. Also, the Steelers, this is the biggest news of the day, I guess. Uh, yeah, ho-hum. They beat the Buffalo Bills by the score of 23 to 16. Yeah, nobody expected that. Well, now people are, you know, it's like Woodstock. You know, everybody, all these people that went to Woodstock, you know, 2 million people claim to have been at Max Yasger's farm back in 1969 on that weekend in August to watch hippies roll around in the mud and great music. You know, I wish I was there, but I wasn't born yet. So everybody's saying, oh yeah, I knew they were going to win. No, look, I wanted to say I was skeptical. I was afraid that the bills were way ahead. And I did go on record and saying, I think the Steelers could beat them in the playoffs. I just seen this movie before. Don't think it's going to happen. So now a lot of us, Dave Schofield and myself are getting criticism for picking against the Steelers and Jeff Hartman, who picks for, I get, for the Steelers every single week, you know, he's getting applauded, which he deserves applause for everything that he does. Great senior editor here at BTSC, but you know, now everybody's saying, oh, we knew they were going to win. No, you didn't. You did not. A lot of people were singing the blues before this game happened, and now they're singing the black and gold, and it feels really good. The best part about that was the improbable victory by the visiting team was felt mostly by the psychopathic followers of the home team known as the Bills Mafia. The brisk and sullen manner that these guys just exited the stadium made Cincinnati's Esca losers look like they were just loitering at cheats and that, you know, just hanging out. But really, it was it was a fantastic start to the season. Made you feel pretty good. Another fantastic part of the season started on Monday, September 13th. My sister's birthday, by the way. So happy birthday, Lisa. I love you. So the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Our opponent this week, when I say our opponent, the Steelers' opponent this week, they used up all nine of their lives in one of the most bizarre games that I think I've ever seen in all of my years of watching the football. It reminded me of when I was intentionally trying but ultimately failed to lose board games to my children when they were seven, you know, and just trying to make them feel good so I would tank the game and, like, pull out the in Scrabble and, uh, you know, mess up on shoots and ladders and go, oh, or like cheat to lose so they would feel good. You know, that's what parents do or maybe just bad parents like me. Um, at one point, I was wondering if John Gruden and the Silver and Black Minions got a call from Vito and Vinny 
and were ordered by Vegas goons to blow the game on purpose. It looked like they were trying to lose. But it was satisfying, however, and it benefited the Steelers definitely this week. But now the Raiders go from heroes to foes of Steeler Nation. I gotta tell you, rooting for other teams when the Steelers aren't playing kind of hurts my brain. And that's what this game did. But great to watch the Ravens lose and Lamar Jackson fumble twice. That's pretty awesome. And a footnote to that. I lost in fantasy football in three leagues because of that loss. And losing fantasy football to me feels really good when the Ravens lose and the Steelers win. Speaking of the 52nd opener of Monday Night Football, how awesome was the fact that they showed a Steelers fan wearing a Juju Smith-Schuster on the big screen in Las Vegas during a Raiders and Ravens game? Oh my gosh. Kudos to you, my unknown friend. I love you. That's fantastic. Way to represent the nation. Then toss in on Thursday night. There was a terrible towel sighting at FedEx Field during the, the, I can't call them that, during the Washington football team and the New York Giants contest on Monday Night Football, which I think the Nielsen ratings will show that four people watched that game. But all with all that being said, Man, Steeler Nation is representing everywhere else. Hey, it could be your party, but we're crashing it in some way. Love it. Let's go to Tuesday, September 14th. All right. Something set Yinzers and certain BTSC staff members. I'm not going to mention any names. Andrew Wilbar... Maybe Michael Beck, Shannon White, Matty Peverell, maybe Jeffrey Benedict, everybody going crazy when they saw a picture and a tweet from Mac Brown, coach of the North Carolina University Tar Heels, and the fact that Kevin Colbert was with him. Oh, what's happening? He's scouting the UNC quarterback. What? Sam Howe is the definitive next caller of signals for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My gosh, my friends, I love you. You're great staff members at BTSC. Rest of Steeler Nation. Memo, it's called scouting, people. The team is going to look at good players at every single position. It's Kevin Colbert's freaking job. It's in the description. They've got to do it. They're, everybody's worrying. Oh, can't be can't be Sam Howell. Oh no. A lot of things are going to happen from now until the end of April when the Steelers select. Don't even worry about the draft right now. Your quarterback is Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, number seven, not number seven for UNC Sam Howell. At least not yet. Let's get through the season. Let's worry about going to the Super Bowl, please. All right. Also on Tuesday, tweet came out. Actually, it was a comment on one of Kevin Smith, KT Smith, also known as Cliff Harris, is still a punk, the great coach of the, well, I don't know if you know this, he is a Raiders coach, the Red Raiders of Ocean City High School in New Jersey. Uh, another big win for them this week. They are 4-0. On one of his articles, this came in the comments section, and we thought it was interesting, and we looked it up, and it's true. The win against the Bills marked another fourth quarter comeback for Big Ben Roethlisberger, now ranking third all time in those 
fourth quarter comebacks. He's tied with Drew Brees with 36. He trails only Peyton Manning with 43 and Tom Brady's 39. And the way the Steelers are going this year, not being a first half team, there might be a lot of fourth quarter comebacks for this team. So maybe he could break that record. Is that a record that we want to break? I think cardiologists and psychologists do, because if we go to Wednesday, 9-15, we saw this. Michael Birch sent this out from a Steelers PR. The Steelers' five wins when trailing in halftime are tied for the most in the NFL since the start of 2020. Wow. Pittsburgh has won four games when trailing at the end of the third quarter since the start of 2020, which is also the most in the NFL. I've got to tell you this. Wow. That's a lot of comebacks, but that's a lot of heartburn. That's a lot of psychoanalysis that needs to go on afterwards. You're killing us, Steeler Nation. Just run away with the games. It's okay in the first quarter. You can do that. Win the game 38-6. to That'll make things so much better. On Thursday, this news came out, and Steeler fans everywhere were crushed when they learned that Devlin Duck Hodges was returning to football, but not to the Steelers and not even in the National Football League. My question to you, does anybody in Canada want a vintage Hodges number six rookie jersey, size 2X? I can sell it to you. I bought one. He's now in Ottawa red-black. I don't know what a red-black is. All I knew, I thought they were the Ottawa Rough Riders way back. Then there was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders playing at the same time. There was two Rough Riders. Rough Riders versus Rough Riders. That's a lot of rough riding. I gotta say, look, about the jersey. I'll take a pound of Canadian bacon for it. Maybe a cassette copy of Loverboy, Canada's Greatest. Greatest Hits for it. And eh, whatever they call an Arby's bacon cheddar in the Great White North. Do they even have the meats in Canada? Hey, I don't know. But anyways, congratulations to Duck. Uh, Great guy. I love Duck Hodges. Glad to see him get a chance in the CFL. On Friday, 9-17, the Indianapolis Colts were announced as the first team to be the subjects of an in-season installment of HBO's Hard Knocks. This, to me, sounds like an absolutely horrendous idea to introduce cameras into your facilities in the middle of an NFL campaign. I got to tell you, welcoming hookers, firearms, and unlimited beef and cheddars into the locker room might be less disruptive. My bet is the Steelers would rather do all that than welcome hard knocks into their lives because, you know, they don't want that kind of publicity. I guess they'll take a hooker and some BNCs instead. Also on the 17th, the injury, the final injury report came out. The Steelers will not see Josh Jacobs this weekend as the running back was added to the crowded injury list for the Raiders. But the Steelers had new additions to their final injury report of their own that caused a lot of frayed nerves and gray hairs on Yinzers everywhere when they noticed that Joe Hayden and Devin Bush headlined their list of walking wounded. Also on there was Eric Ebron, who was earlier in the week, but he was a full participant. So that looks pretty good. Carlos Davis is out and Zach Gentry is now questionable with an ankle. So something to look at going into the game. So there you have it. That was the significant week that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mixed in with my black and gold, narcissistic, loving life 
I'm sure next week will be full of happenings as well as the Steelers take on the Oakland, er, Los Angeles, er, no, the Las Vegas Raiders at Heinz Field. So we'll have to do this again. For Steeler Nation, for Yinzer Nation, for BTSC Nation, for BTSC Radio, for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Have a great week, but better yet, have a bad one.